If you're a non-traditional student or a student looking to apply to DO schools, go check out the Old Premeds podcast over at oldpremeds.org. The episode that went live this week talks about the new changes to the ACOMIS, which is the application service that you use to apply to DO schools. The the interview the episode talks about the changes that will occur in the 2017 application cycle, getting rid of their grade replacement policy. Again, that's oldpremeds.org. This is the Specialty Stories, session number five. Whether you're a pre-med or a medical student, you've answered the calling to become a physician. Soon you'll have to start deciding what type of medicine you will want to practice. This podcast will tell you the stories of specialists from every field to give you the information you need to make sure you make the most informed decision possible when it comes to choosing your specialty. Welcome back to the Specialty Stories. If this is not your first time here, if this is, welcome for the first time. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, and I host several podcasts here on the MedEd Media Network including this podcast, Specialty Stories, the old pre-meds podcast, which I mentioned earlier, talking about the changes to the ACOMIS application policy. I also host the pre-med years and the MCAT podcast. So if you're new to the podcasting world, go check out everything we do over at mededmedia.com. This week, I'm excited to have an orthopedic hand surgeon on the podcast to talk about hand surgery and orthopedics in general. My name is Raghu Mupavarapu. I'm an orthopedic hand surgeon. And are you in an academic or a community-based setting? I am in a sort of a hybrid setup. I'm in a community-based uh, hospital and program, um, but I do have residents who I interact with who come rotate through this hospital, uh, but they are not orthopedic residents. They're uh, surgery and medicine residents. Okay. How long have you been practicing? Um, I'll be finishing up uh, two years in a few months. Okay. When did you know you wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon and I guess on top of that, a hand surgeon? Uh, orthopedic surgery, I think I decided sometime towards the end of my second year of med school. I, I really enjoyed the, the, the experience I had during my second year um, one-week elective and um, I enjoyed talking to the orthopedic residents and the, the, the field in general and anatomy and that kind of stuff. Um, and then I chose hand surgery uh, towards the middle of my orthopedic residency, uh, kind of during my second slash third year of orthopedic residency, because I'd, I'd done my rotation on hand surgery for three months with uh, some very well-known and very um, uh, smart hand surgeons who, who like to teach. So I, I kind of had a very good experience, and um, I liked the intricate nature of the hand, but you know, I also like the fact that you got to do every kind of major thing in orthopedics, which was working with the bone, working with the muscles, working with the tendons, working with the nerves. Um, and people usually really rely on their hands, and they were very happy when, when we helped them and made them feel better. What do you think led you to orthopedics versus a general surgery or any other surgical specialty, if that's what you were considering? Um, for, for me specifically with the orthopedics, um, I enjoyed the aspect of it, which was that it, it um, allowed me to focus on kind of the extremities, which is what orthopedics is mostly about. Um, and it was a specialty which had 
multiple subspecialties, meaning I, I knew you could do sports, you could do joint replacements, you could do shoulder, you could do the knee, you could do hand, um, you could do children. And so it, it gave me a, a lot of options once I went into it. And I also liked the fact that you, you were kind of a, you were a specialist. General surgery, to, in, in my mind, has become very much like a primary care field where you kind of are the person who has to deal with everything that happens in the abdomen. And sometimes as a general surgeon, I felt like um, the service, we, when I was on a, as a med student, I felt like a general surgery service was almost like a, a medicine GI service. There was really no cross-correlation for orthopedics where if it was an orthopedic problem, orthopedics dealt with it. If it was not an orthopedic problem, then they didn't deal with it. Were there any other specialties out there that, that were in the running? Yes, definitely. So I, kind of in the beginning couple of years of med school, the things I thought were interesting, the things I liked were um, orthopedics. Um, I also liked anesthesia just because it was something in the OR where you got to do procedures and you got to do things and kind of help people put them to sleep, that kind of business. I also liked um, uh, radiology, similar to orthopedics because it had to do with muscles and and, uh, imaging and anatomy and that kind of stuff, which I thought was uh, something useful because it, you look at it, it's very kind of uh, straightforward because you're just interpreting an image, but you are the person who's kind of the specialist interpreting it, so that was interesting to me. And I I did like the... um, the interventional aspect of radiology where you could go do some of the procedures and stuff. Um, I also liked ENT. Uh, it was uh, another field similar to orthopedics and hand surgery where it's a surgical specialty. You're doing a lot of kind of um, intricate stuff, but you are working with various different organs, including bone, skin, soft tissue, nerves, the, and all that kind of stuff. And once again, you get to work with adults and children, which I thought was an like, int- interesting thing. Um, but those are kind of the, the four that I considered... Uh, during those first few years. What traits do you think lead to being a good orthopedic surgeon? Which traits? Um, I That one's a, a, a good question. It's a kind of a, I'll kind of start with the generic things that I guess we, we used to look for in residency and uh, also on, uh, things that I went through when I was in uh, med school. But obviously just like any specialty, the simple easy things are you want to be someone who's a hard worker you want to be someone who's who's dedicated and interesting in your interested in your field, um, but going into like kind of the more not generic things. Um, in general, if you're someone who likes working with your hands and kind of doing procedures, then orthopedics is something that's usually an interesting thing and it's something that will interest you. Um, if you don't like kind of getting your hands dirty and doing things. Uh, procedural wise and stuff like that then orthopedics may not be the ideal uh, thing for you or even surgery in general Um, the other thing about orthopedics is most of orthopedic surgeons everyone's like oh you guys like sports you don't have to like sports to like orthopedics you can there's i know plenty of good orthopedic surgeons who have absolutely no interest in sports but they have interest in other things that some people would consider similar to sports which are they like working with woods they do woodworking in their spare time they like playing musical instruments like the piano or the, the saxophone and stuff like that, which involves having good coordination with your hands and your eyes and your brain. So these, those are all things that I thought were useful and helpful uh, in orthopedics. Describe a typical day for you. 
a typical day for me, if it's a, an office day, I usually get to work around 7.30, and my office starts at around uh, 8, and I'm, I see approximately 20 patients between 8 a.m. and 4 p.m. with a half-hour break for lunch. Um, and then if it's a... Uh, and that's that day, and then in between I may get some consults from the floor and um, some... Uh, calls from patients and things like that, which I have to answer and take care of. And each patient I spend about 20 minutes with in the office, and then I'm about five minutes doing my charting. On a surgery day, usually surgery starts at 7.30, so I get to the hospital around 7. Um, I do anywhere from three to six surgeries a day, depending on the type of surgery and the length of surgery, and I'm usually done by around three or four. Um, And then usually once a week I take call on the weekends, and then... um, uh, one weekend a month of call. So you're a, a hand specialist at, at having specialized with a fellowship in hand surgery. What Correct. percentage of your surgeries are specific to your subspecialty? Um, so my original training was orthopedics and I did a hand subspecialty. So I would say approximately 75 to 80% of my surgeries that I currently do are hand, upper extremity surgeries. And what I mean by that is hand, wrist, forearm, elbow. Is that common to to only have 75 or 80% of your subspecialty as part of your surgery, or is that just part of your practice? Can other people do 100%? Yeah, so that's a, good, that's a great question. Um, it's just what I my practice is set up as because I, I, uh, I enjoy doing the general orthopedics, and I like doing uh, fracture care and uh, taking care of uh, some of the other problems that some of my patients come in, which is such as knee pain, shoulder pain, uh, ankle pain, things like that. Um, but there are, I would say, the majority of hand surgeons do only hand surgery, meaning they're closer to 90 to 95% of their work is, is hand surgery or upper extremity surgery. And then they may have about a 5% um, uh, kind of random stuff they do because of things that happen when they're on call uh, where the emergency department calls about someone who has a hip fracture or an ankle fracture and then they take care of those things as well. For your hand practice, what types of patients are you seeing? What sort of problems are you treating? Um, it's a very wide spectrum and this is another reason why I liked hand surgery and also why I liked orthopedics because there was a wide spectrum of things people would come in with which you were able to treat. So for me, the, I would start off with the most common things are some are things like carpal tunnel syndrome or cubital tunnel syndrome, which is basically compression of the nerves um, in your hand and upper extremity. I also see a lot of tendinitis, so that's things like trigger finger, where your finger gets stuck in a bent position, or um, tendinitis of your wrist, which is called decurveins, which uh, is a fancy name, but it, it's just a tendinitis involving your wrist. Um, there's also tendinitis at the elbow, such as golfer's elbow or tennis elbow. Um so uh, the other things I see are a lot of hand fractures or hand injuries, such as traumatic injuries. Um, Fracture-wise, I see people punching walls or other people and breaking their knuckles. I also so p- see people slipping and falling and um, having injuries to their um, hands and wrists and elbows that way. Um, and then I see a lot of traumatic injury in the sense of lacerations to the hand, so people um, getting cut with a knife or a, a sharp uh, object which they they break in their sink maybe when they're washing dishes or something or um, people using power tools such as um, saws and um, and drills and um, things of that nature 
I see a lot of that, and so I um, I'm often in the emergency room uh, in the midday or midnight uh, fixing someone's fingertip, which is barely hanging on, and things of that nature. What percentage of patients that you see in the office do you end up taking to the operating room? Um, actually, a very small number. And most people think if you're a surgeon, you're going to spend most of your time uh, taking people to the operating room. That's actually a falsehood. You, I see 20 people a day in the office, um, and that, w- I would say, probably is on the low end of the spectrum. Um, but uh, I probably, from that 20 people, take one to two people um, out of that group who I will book for surgery. Do you feel you have good work-life balance as an orthopedic surgeon? Uh, yes, I do. I think I have a great work-life balance. I, uh, I'm married, um, and I, I get to spend a fair amount of time with my wife, and we do travel uh, uh, at least once every three to four months to go on a vacation, and uh, we enjoy our time together. I also have a number of hobbies outside of work, including um, sports such as basketball and golf. Um, I also like to um, uh, read, which I get to do plenty of time with that as well. And uh, so, I, it, and I do get to spend time with other friends and family besides obviously just my wife. So it's, uh, I think it's a good mixture, and I think you have a, you will have a good chance of having a say in wh- how you want to set up your life if you're a surgeon because you get to um, pick and choose what you think is important to you. I didn't ask it before, but you you talked about surgery days and office days. What is a typical breakdown? What do you what does your schedule look like as far as that? Um, my schedule, I'd say, is pretty typical, which is uh, three days of um, office and um, one and a half days of surgery, and then a half day, which is kind of flexible, where I either do paperwork or administrative work, or I have the option of doing extra surgery if, uh, if something comes in that needs to go to the operating room in a more emergent fashion. What makes a competitive applicant for orthopedics? A competitive applicant for orthopedics, so if you, as a med student, is someone you want to be um, involved and active in in orthopedics and show an interest in orthopedics. So someone who you don't need to decide when you're a first year of medical school, but if as soon as you decide in your second or third year, you want to go talk to the to the orthopedic department at wherever your school is and just get to know some people in the department and mention your interests and maybe get involved in some sort of um, research or uh, going to some of the lectures on uh, on their conference days or things of that nature. Um, obviously, scores are very important. That's kind of the the first step that gets you into the into the interview or the door, which is getting a good score on your your boards, your USMLEs. I think nowadays it's kind of the score that most people look for, something above two hundred and thirty on the test. Um, the Kind of the other things that they look for is getting um, good letters of recommendation and getting good scores on your your uh, clinical rotations, um, and what I, especially the rotations that involve surgical stuff. So things such as your surgery rotation, your OB rotation, which is a surgery affiliated, and to a certain extent your medicine rotation because it's usually a big rotation where you spend a lot of time on. Uh, where you are taking care of sicker patients and potentially spending some time in the ICU and things like that. So. Kind of those three things: you good scores on your USMLEs, good scores on your away rotations, and then um, showing an interest in orthopedics uh, with some sort of research or getting to know somebody in the department. Therefore, you can get a good letter of recommendation because they know you for more than just this three weeks or four weeks you do your rotation. 
Have you seen any bias in the orthopedic field towards DO applicants? Um, I think in the past, there used to be some bias in regards to this, uh, where potentially DO applicants were not getting uh, what some people thought was the proper kind of consideration. But uh, I think in more recent years, DO applicants are starting to get more recognition as being just as competent as MD, uh, MD applicants. But if you look, I guess, below the surface, there probably is a slight bias against DO applicants applying to MD orthopedic programs. What is residency like as an orthopod? Residency as an orthopedic surgeon is it's tough. It's uh, it's like any surgical residency. You spend a lot of time in the hospital. You get to know your your classmates or your your um, your the, the people who are in the same year as you very well. Um, and every year it gets better because that's just how residency surgery residency is. Your first year, your intern year is usually your worst, and then. Each year after that, it gets better and better and better, and you take less call and do less time in the hospital, but you have more responsibility in the sense that you have to monitor the the classes below you, make sure that they're not doing anything wrong. But uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I learned a lot, and um, I was uh, glad I did it when I looked back upon it. Uh, would I have wished that it was a little bit easier and I didn't have to spend as much time in the hospital? Yes, but I'm still glad I did it. Now, are all orthopedic residencies the same length? Yes, um, they are. Um, they're pretty standardized. You do one year of uh, what we call general surgery intern year, but it's usually at the place where you're going to be doing your um, your orthopedic residency. And usually half of that year, six months of it, you spend doing orthopedics, and then six months you spend doing general surgery um, with the potential for a one month in there of doing an elective such as radiology, which is useful for orthopedics. Um, and then you do four years of orthopedic-only residency at uh, that institution. And then for hand surgery, what does that fellowship look like? Uh, so all the orthopedic fellowships are actually one year. So hand or shoulder or knee or anything you do in orthopedics, it's all a one-year fellowship. Um, there are some folks who like to do two years, so they do a second year in a different fellowship. So maybe you want to do shoulder and hand and elbow. So you, you'll do a hand fellowship, and then you'll go do a separate shoulder fellowship. And that way you can say that. You do everything from the shoulder to the fingertips. How competitive is a hand fellowship? Um, the fellowships of orthopedics are, are cyclically competitive. And what I mean by that is every four to five years, there's a new popular fellowship that everybody wants to go into because it's that's what uh, you know. There's the, the big name people are doing or that's what everyone suddenly gets interested in. So for the past four to five years, hand surgery has been that popular fellowship for orthopedics, partly because of the nice lifestyle you could have and also partly because of the fact that it's you, your longevity is better in hand surgery because you're not doing the more physically demanding uh, surgery such as knee replacements or hip replacements. Um, but currently the, the, the trend is cycling to sports medicine or sports orthopedic surgery, and that's become the more competitive one um, in, in orthopedics. But I would say in general... If you want to do a fellowship in orthopedics, you can get a spot uh, in a fellowship of your choosing. The question is, can you get a spot in the city or location where you want? And that depends on if that fellowship is competitive at that time, which is, it's, as I said, it's cyclical. Every five years, there's a new fellowship that becomes popular. Something that popped up when you talked about longevity, talk about 
women orthopedic surgeons, there's, I think, a preconceived notion that an orthopod needs to be a, a big, burly man. Talk about your experience working with women orthopedic surgeons and and the opportunities for females to enter orthopedics. Um, yeah, this is a great question. Uh, I, I've had the, the fortune of actually working with very closely with multiple female orthopedic surgeons. We had um, numerous female orthopedic surgeons in my residency program who trained us, um, and they were in different specialties, including sports, common joint replacement, um, um, hand surgery, shoulder surgery. So they did everything. And uh, so we got to learn from all of them. And then I had to also the benefit of having uh, multiple female orthopedic residents in my residency program, including a classmate of mine who I thought was very competent. And I personally thought she was a better resident than I was uh, because she was smart. She was very uh, hardworking and she had excellent hand and eye coordination and did very well in the operating room. Um, but I think there's no people who think that women can't be orthopedic surgeons are, are very foolish. And I think that women can be just as good as men in orthopedic surgery and they can do any of the specialties that they want in orthopedic surgery because it's just a matter of knowledge and training. And it's not a matter of your size or, um, I guess, personality. So uh, I think there are more and more women going into orthopedics, and then there's more and more women in orthopedics doing fellowships in the, the various uh, types of orthopedic fellowships. What do the boards look like? The orthopedic boards are... Um, in a sense, similar to the U.S. MLEs, in this, but it's focused only on orthopedics. It's a multiple-choice question. You have a part one and a part two. So part one is a 300-question multiple-choice exam broken up into sections of 50, uh, and it's a one-day test. And uh, they ask you questions ranging from simple things such as uh, biology and anatomy, such as you know how do cells differentiate, um, how what what anatomical structure is in this part of the body, things of that nature, and then they ask you things as complicated as what surgery specifically would you do for a specific orthopedic condition, and they may even ask you the exact implant or type of uh, st- structure you would create to re- to fix that problem. So it's a it's a test that not only uh, tests your knowledge of basics and anatomy and physiology and, and uh, kind of the kind of the biology of the bone, but also your knowledge of um, orthopedic surgery and how to make uh, a, a broken bone or, a, or another type of pathology better. Uh, and that's part one. And then the part two is an oral board where um, once you are out in practice, you submit six months worth of your surgery. Um, so six months worth of your surgical cases um, you would have to submit them, and they will review all of those cases, and they will pick a certain number of those cases that you then go and discuss with senior orthopedic surgeons who have been in practice for 10 to 15 years, and they will ask you numerous questions, including why you did the surgery, what was your thought process, and they will judge if you were a competent surgeon who is making good clinical decisions and uh, taking care of patients, or if you're someone who's abusing your power and perhaps doing the wrong thing and uh, and injuring patients instead of helping them. Do you have any idea what pass rates are for the boards? Uh, I do. The so for part one of the orthopedic boards, if you are a U.S. medical graduate um, from a U.S. orthopedic residency, your pass rate is in uh, up in the low ninety percent range. 
Um, and in the, for part two, it's very similar. It's like also in the low 90% range, somewhere around 92, 93%. Looking back and knowing what you know now, what do you wish you knew before starting your orthopedic residency? I guess I wish I'd known the time passes by much quicker quicker than you think. And there's numerous times in residency where you have the opportunity to perhaps go spend a little bit more time at work, but get a valuable learning experience. And you, I'd say half the time, most of us will choose to go get that little extra learning because we have the energy and the time and willing to do it. But the other half the time, you're just so run down and beat up. You, you're tired. You just say, forget it. I'm going to go home. And you miss out on a learning opportunity. And I wish someone had told me ahead of time that those opportunities don't come about again when you're in, once you finish your training. Uh, and what I mean by this, now that I'm an attending surgeon, I can't go and just observe someone doing something willy-nilly in the middle of my day because I have my own patients to see and my own surgeries to do. So for me to do that, I have to take a day off. I have to get permission to go to see another surgeon in another hospital, and it's a big deal. But in residency, the whole goal is to see and learn as much as you can. And uh, so I wish someone had given me that that one piece of advice um, earlier in my residency, I figured it out by the time I was a senior resident and I took every opportunity to, to learn everything I could at that point. Um, the other thing I wish someone had told me was is that it you have to go in prepared those first two to three years of residency to miss important life events that um, such as friends' weddings or birthday parties and things like that and not feel bad about it because it's what you're giving up to, to achieve your goal and your dream. And once you finish those first two or three years of residency, things will be easier and you will be able to go to everything you want to do and um, enjoy your life and things of that nature. What do you wish primary care physicians knew about orthopedics? Um, I wish they would, they know that we are capable physicians and we do understand some medicine. We're not uh, all just uh, bone jockeys who are dumb and pound our fists against our chest and drill into things. We are people who went to med school as well, and we did well in med school, and we understand um, kind of the anatomy and physiology of the human body. Um, so I definitely would appreci- appreciate if more of them would uh, give us some credibility in regards to that. And the other thing would be if uh, primary care physicians would take a little bit of initiative on their own part to to learn the musculoskeletal exam or at least the basics of it so that they can actually examine their patients and be able to direct them appropriately to the orthopedic surgeon instead of just sending them to us without ever having actually seen the patient just because they complain of ankle pain or finger pain or shoulder pain or whatever it may be. What other specialties do you work the closest with? Um, I would say the number one specialty that I talk to the most is the emergency room physician or the emergency room physician's assistant because they're the ones that I talk to on the phone whenever they have a question or they want to let me know about a patient that they think needs to be seen by me. Um, Followed by them, the next most likely specialty is the internal medicine um, team that's in the hospital. So a patient gets admitted and for whatever reason, and then they have maybe a fall or they they complain after a day that, oh, my wrist is hurting or my 
hand is swollen or my ankle is hurting or whatnot. So those are the two people who on a day-to-day basis I talk to a lot. And then the other two that I talk to on a slightly lesser basis, maybe once a week, is rheumatology and neurology. Rheumatology because they deal with arthritis and inflammatory disorders such as gout and neurology because they deal with the nerves and the nerves are often things that get compressed or involved when someone has a, a bone injury or, a, or an orthopedic type condition. Are there any special opportunities outside of clinical medicine for orthopedics? Um, I'm not very uh, versed on that. I do know that there are some physicians, uh, orthopedic surgeons, who are involved in the uh, development of orthopedic implants and uh, orthopedic um, uh, products such as bone cement and uh, antibiotic-related orthopedic implants uh, and the knee replacements and hip replacements and trauma trauma f- uh, plates and screws and things like that. Um, I personally have not been involved in any of those things, but I do know other other doctors are involved in the what we call the R&D or research and development of these um, products and uh tools. What do you like the most about being an orthopedic surgeon? I like being able to uh, see people in the office and talk to them and interact with them and be able to give them an answer to, a, to the problem that's been plaguing them for months or years um, and then be able to give them a solution for the problem. Uh, it's something I, I do every day. Someone comes in to see me with something as simple as carpal tunnel, and they don't know why their fingers are numb and tingly and why they wake up in the middle of the night with their hand feeling dead to them. And I examine them. I'm able to tell them what carpal tunnel is. I educate them. I give them an answer to their diagnosis. Uh, and then I provide them with a treatment, which 95% of the time, usually the treatment is able to cure their problem. And so I get the satisfaction of interacting with other human beings in a positive way and um, helping them as well as curing them of their problem. On the flip side, what do you like the least? The least is probably um, two things. One would be, I guess, being on call, meaning getting a phone call at two in the morning and having to deal with something that's an emergency. Uh, I don't think anybody likes that. doesn't matter what specialty you're in. No one wants to get called at two in the morning when they're sleeping and woken up. Uh, and then the other thing would be the, the few patients that I'm not able to help, the people that come in with a problem that has been going on for so long or has is so bad that they are beyond my ability to help. Um, and th- those, are the, those are the things I don't like. How much call do you have to take? The average orthopedic surgeon probably takes five to six days of call a month. So that ends up being effectively you take one weekday a week and then one weekend for the whole month. And that ends up giving you your five to six days. Um, they are orthopedic surgeons who take no call um, just because that's how they set up their practice or their um, their work schedule. And they're orthopedic surgeons who take a lot more call because they want the extra patient volume and um, the extra work and money and all those sort of things. If you had to do it all over again, would you choose the same specialty and subspecialty? Yes, I would definitely choose to follow this path if I had to do it over again. Um, And I would say with confidence I would definitely go into orthopedic surgery, and I would say with confidence that I would most likely choose hand surgery again. Uh, And the reason I say most likely is because 
I liked orthopedics, and that's why I chose to go into orthopedics. And I chose hand surgery as a specialty, not because I liked it more than orthopedics, but because I liked it equally. And there were a few other specialties in orthopedics that I liked as well, which I didn't necessarily choose because I felt like my training in them was adequate through my residency. What do you see as the future of orthopedic surgery? I do think orthopedics and in general medicine will both change over the next 15 to 20 years. At some point, we will figure out ways to heal the body uh, and improve things without surgical intervention. And what I mean by that is we'll figure out a way to do lasers or use nanobots or whatever those things are to make the human body better, which doesn't involve us cutting someone open and putting metal inside them. Um, But things that are happening in a more immediate future for orthopedics is that we have improved our ability to uh, fix people's broken bones by making smaller incisions and using sturdier implants that are less likely to fail and break. We've also gotten better with the biologics of bone. So when people have uh, injuries to their bone, we have figured out how to stimulate the bone properly so that it heals faster and stronger. We've also figured out how to treat tendinitis and injuries to muscles and tendons um, without having to traumatize them with surgery by instead doing things like injections or um, using stem cells or platelet-rich plasma and things of that nature. So um, all those things are helping. And then the final thing, which is something that's going on across all parts of the world in all uh, jobs is robots and robotics. And we are also using those things to help us and help our patients. Any last words of wisdom for the pre-med or medical student that's interested in orthopedic surgery? Um, Don't be daunted or scared by the competitiveness of orthopedics. It's not as bad as people make it out to be to get in. Just decide what you want to do and go for it. And don't decide on orthopedic surgery for the money or the fame or the popularity or just because it's what everyone else is doing. Look inside yourself and decide if that is what's going to make you happy because at the end of the day, you want to pick whatever specialty you can be doing and be happy doing 15, 20 years down the line because that's what's going to keep you going to work every day and that's what's going to keep you happy with your work and home life and that will in the end give you the most success. All right, there you go. If you are interested in orthopedics or hand surgery or any of the other subspecialties, I hope that was a good interview for you. I am looking forward to having more orthopedic subspecialists on to talk about why they chose the subspecialties that they ended up choosing and what they think about orthopedics as a career. I hope you got a ton of great information out of the podcast. Again, go check out everything we're doing at MedEd. Media. And if you did like this podcast, I would love for you to leave a rating and review in iTunes. Just pop open iTunes, type in specialty stories, and leave a rating and review. It takes just a minute and it means a lot for us. Have a great week and we'll catch you next week, hopefully, here at the Specialty Stories and MedEd Media.